0: Alexander the Great is probably a name and an individual that many of us have heard of, might even be familiar with who he is. He's considered one of the greatest military minds in history, which makes sense considering the fact that he conquered much of the known world in his day and he did it without ever losing a battle. Alexander the Great became king at the young age of 20 and he quickly began a life of conquering and victory over his enemies. He spread Greek culture and language everywhere he went. He defeated enemies like the Persians, the Egyptians, won battles in areas of India. He defeated fortified cities and he had his sights set on so much more before he died at the young age of 32. But even though his reign and his life were short, he was so successful that he's still an individual that we remember today. His legacy is well known. However, Many of us are probably less familiar with the names Cassander or Ptolemy or Antigonus or Seleucus. Some of us maybe haven't even heard these names. But these four men were four of the individuals who succeeded Alexander the Great. In fact, they went on to accomplish things of their own, create dynasties of their own, but they never achieved that same widespread fame as Alexander the Great their predecessor. See, Alexander the Great, he left a a tough legacy to live up to. That's because there's no one quite like him. And there was another leader in history whose name and legacy are well-known. I was thinking about this week, and his name was Moses. And Moses was called by God to lead the nation of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. And he led the people for decades. He's described in the Bible as a prophet unlike any other, who was empowered by God to do miracles. The Bible described Moses as the most humble man on the face of the earth. The Bible tells us that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Now, you see, Moses is someone I'm sure we're all familiar with because there was no one quite like him. So I wonder how many of us are familiar with the man who succeeded Moses. That man was Joshua. Now, when Joshua stepped into this role of leading the Israelites, he wasn't some nobody that the Israelites had never heard of. No, in fact, Joshua was already a leader of his tribe, the tribe of Ephraim. He had experienced slavery and hardship in Egypt, seen the miracles and power of God delivering them from all that. Joshua was a soldier. In fact, he led the Israelites to victory over the Amalekites. You can read about that in Exodus chapter 17. He was the personal servant and aid to Moses. And Joshua was one of the 12 spies that was sent to check out the promised land under the leadership of Moses. Some of us might be familiar with that story. When those spies returned to the nation of Israel, two of them, Joshua, another spy named Caleb, they encouraged the people to go and take the promised land like God had commanded. Unfortunately, the nation decided to listen to the ten other spies who convinced the people, no, we can't do it. We can't go in there and defeat those people. They're too big, too strong. Unfortunately, the nation listened to those ten men. And because of that, God said that Israel would wander in the wilderness for 40 years until that rebellious generation had passed away. They would never enter the promised land. But he did say that Joshua and Caleb would. Those years had gone by and now God had called Joshua to lead Israel into the promised land. This was a big load laid on the shoulders of Joshua. I mean, he was stepping into the leadership role left by Moses That's a tough legacy to live up to. And although Joshua had some experience as a leader, he had learned from Moses and he had been called by God, I still wonder if Joshua had a measure of anxiety or uncertainness or maybe even fear. I mean, after all, this was was a commission not to lead the people around a desert land, but a commission to lead them into a land filled with enemies. This was a calling to lead people into battle. And this is Joshua's story. And we're going to start studying it together as a church. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, please feel free to use one of the Bibles under the chairs in front of you. If you'd like to use one of those, you can turn to page 169. Page 169, Joshua chapter 1, we're going to be learning from this new leader in Israel where to find our source of strength and courage in life's difficulties. Joshua chapter 1, let's begin in verse 1. It says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. And let's pause right here. Keep your place in Joshua chapter 1. We're going to come back to it. So Moses had died. We talk about the end of an era. Now Joshua had been tasked with leading Israel. And I can practically imagine Joshua looking out at all these people who in the past had been so stubborn and sinful that on more than one occasion, God had almost wiped them all out. And I can practically imagine Joshua looking at all of them and thinking to himself, how am I supposed to do this? I mean, Moses, he put up with complaints constantly. Now Joshua was going to have to hear all those complaints. Moses led the people when they didn't want to be led. Now Joshua was going to lead them into battle. Doubts, questions, fears, whatever may have actually been running through Joshua's heart and mind, the Lord tells him, be strong and courageous. You see, this was not the time to melt back in fear like the Israelites did 40 years earlier when they listened to those 10 spies and rebelled against God's commands. This was not the time to move backwards into the safety and security, the familiarity of that life they had grown used to in the wilderness. This was the time to boldly step into the land that God had promised them. So Joshua, you see, he needed to be strong and courageous. But where, where would this strength and this courage come from? Well, you may have noticed that the Lord Lord made several promises here. He promised to give the Israelites every place their feet touched as an inheritance. I don't know about you, but after hearing that, I'd be getting ready to run marathons all over the promised land when we made it there. God promised to give Joshua victory all the days of his life. Well, that'd be reassuring. They were going to a place with battle-hardened nations who were well accustomed to the art of war. But personally, I think that the greatest promise is when God said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. How would that make you feel? How would that make you feel? To hear God say, hey, remember Moses? Who I talked to face to face like a friend, times without number. You remember Moses? that man I plucked out of obscurity to lead my people Israel out of slavery, who I empowered to do miracles, I am going to be with you as much as I was ever with him. And I will never leave you. Would that make you strong and courageous, believer? To hear the God of all creation say, I'm with you. I always will be. How'd that make you feel? Believer, I don't know what difficulty you are going through right now in your life. What cancer or health issue or financial loss or lost relationship. I don't know what spiritual difficulty you are going through right now. What temptation, discouragement, doubt, or fear. But what I do know is that God has said to you and me in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5, He has said to us, never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. God said that to us believers. That same promise, the God of all creation has promised to never leave us, no matter what difficulty or circumstance we are facing, Christians. The source of Joshua's strength and courage was to be found first and foremost in the presence of God, who would be with him wherever he went. In the same way, our source of strength and courage in our trials Our difficulties, our spiritual battles is to be found first and foremost in the presence of God who is always with us. Our God will always be with us. Jesus said he'd be with us till the very end of the age. So believers, whatever you are going through, know that we can be strong and courageous. That God has said in his word that his strength is available to us to overcome temptation. That his comfort is available when we need it. That his provision is there when we are in need. You're not alone. God is always with you. You can always go to him in prayer. You can always find great strength in his promises and in his presence. So we can be strong and courageous. But sometimes, sometimes we might hear that and then we forget about it shortly afterwards. Sometimes we need to hear an encouragement more than once. Seems that that was true for Joshua too. Look at verse 7. God is still speaking. He says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, You will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You see, again, God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Very courageous. Again, he promises to be with him wherever he goes. But it wasn't just that Joshua was commanded to be strong and courageous. We find that he was also commanded to keep God's word. Now, Moses was the author of the Pentateuch, the first five books in the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That was the extent of God's written word up to this point. And Joshua needed to pay attention to God's word. God commanded Joshua to be careful to obey all the law written in Scripture, to not turn aside to the right or to the left. Now, is this the way that we treat God's Word and His law in our lives? Is that how we approach the Word of God? See, I think think sometimes we approach it a little differently. Think of it this way. You know, as people, just in general, we look at the laws of society that man has made, and if we're being honest, we know that there are laws that most of us, we would never break like murdering somebody. But then there are other man-made laws that we kind of see some gray areas being in there. Now they're a little subjective to us. Let's all be honest. We all see the speed limit as the speed limit plus five, and that's the minimum, or you're going too slow. And you can try and say I'm the only one who thinks that, but I've been out there driving on the road. I see, see what everyone does. In fact, as one of my siblings told me when I started driving, they said, Andrew, just remember, when it comes to the speed limit, nine, you're fine. Ten, you're dead. Don't do that. Because there are laws like this that we we look for some wiggle room in them, don't we? A little gray area. And sometimes, unfortunately, we take that same mentality and we bring it over to God's law. And we admit that some of his commands are serious, but others, sure, we'll admit that God says, taking his name in vain is sin, that lust is equal to adultery, that lies shouldn't leave our lips, that we shouldn't gossip, that we shouldn't forsake the assembling together of the body of believers. But these are just examples of a few of God's commands that many Christians see as gray areas. Not that important. There's some wiggle room in there. But you'll notice that God didn't tell Joshua to follow most of his laws. Now he said, he "said not to turn aside to the right or the left." See, with God, there's no, no wiggle room, no gray area. It's not supposed to be subjective. Not with His law. Remember, remember. By the way, all God's promises so far: Joshua is going to lead the people. They will inherit the land. They will have victory. And then God says that to be prosperous and successful, to enjoy the fulfillment of these things, Joshua needed to do what? He needed to obey God's commands. Then he would be successful. In fact, I want us to remember this as we move through our study in the book of Joshua because we will find that when there was absolute obedience to God, there was victory. When there was disobedience, there was loss. God desires that same absolute obedience from us as well, believers. We need to take that seriously. But God's word is not just where we find instruction for how to live righteously. It's where we find godly wisdom for all our situations. It's where we find God's truths and promises to help us grow strong in our faith. Yet there are so many Christians who feel that God's word is just unknowable. They feel that temptation is impossible to defeat, that their prayers are being hindered for some unknown reason, that their trials are more than they can bear, and then they begin to believe that God has left them, even though he said that he would always be with them. Believers, when we fall into a mindset like that, it is often because we've become disconnected from God's word. I mean, how can we live for God and live in his strength if we don't know his word and draw near to him through it? God told Joshua to keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Day and night seems a little excessive. Didn't God tell Joshua three times to be strong and courageous? Meditate on it day and night? It's because we need to hear the same truth a lot of times. We tend to be forgetful as people. And the most important things for us to hear are the words of God to us. And that's found in God's word. So we need to ask ourselves, believers, do we, do we meditate on God's word day and night? Can we say that that's true for us? Because if we don't, then we shouldn't be surprised when we struggle to feel the Lord's presence. We shouldn't be surprised when trials seem too much, when sin always seems to have victory over us, and when we struggle to understand God's will. We shouldn't be surprised if we're not spending any time with the Lord and His Word. If we want to be strong and courageous in the pursuit of God's will in our lives, in our spiritual battles against sin, in the trials we face, then like Joshua... We need to realize that strength and courage, the strength and courage we need, it comes from obedience to God's Word. See, in God's Word, we find the knowledge of how to live for Him. We find the encouragement of His promises and the wisdom that we need for all things. Joshua needed to be strong and courageous. So, he needed to understand that he could do this by finding comfort in God's presence and instruction in God's Word. And we need to do the same. Then let's see what should happen next. Look at verse 10. So, so Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. After he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men, ready for battle, must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you. And until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you, east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them, will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Just as a brief side note for everyone, the story of the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh, we're going to cover that a little bit later in our study. For now, I want us to recognize that now that Joshua had been encouraged, and strengthened and commanded. It was time for him to go. It's time for him to act, to move forward by faith, even when he couldn't see the whole plan. God didn't give Joshua the whole game plan. He didn't give him all the blueprints for every step that he was going to take, or what crossing the Jordan looked like, or what battle to fight first. He didn't give him all that right now. These would come later. Joshua had everything he needed right now in this moment. You see, at some point, as God's people, we need to be strong and courageous and simply move forward in faith. Instead of waiting around, hoping that we'll understand everything and every step, sometimes we simply need to start moving in faith. So Joshua got up and he ordered the people to prepare themselves. The day that they had long been waiting for was finally here. They were going to find and see the fulfillment of God's promises. And believers, Maybe you still don't know what to do next in your current circumstance, in the trial that you're facing, the difficulty you're going through. And maybe it's not God's will to show you every single step that you're going to take next. I mean, that's not what he wants for you right now. It's to see everything. So maybe because of that, you feel fearful or discouraged or defeated. But I pray instead you'd be encouraged and strengthened by God's promises and that you would choose to live in obedience to God's word. And then that you would move forward by faith in God. Trust Him each step of the way to be with you. Meditate on His word day and night and obey Him. Because even when we can't see the whole plan, even when we don't quite know how we're going to get through that trial, even when we don't know how we're going to have the strength to defeat temptation or the courage to approach life's issues, we can be strong and courageous, knowing that God is going to be with us every step of the way. He's going to bring us along day by day. He's going to give us the strength to endure those trials and to defeat temptation. But again, we need to meditate on God's Word. We need to trust that He is with us, and then we need to move forward in those things that we do know God wants us to do. Sharing the gospel, leading our families, living in righteousness, encouraging our fellow believers. As we do, we'll find God God will guide us through all the other difficulties that we face, too. When things are overwhelming, we can be strong and courageous because the God The God who has called us to all these things that we're encountering, he's going to see us through all these things too. As Joshua and the Israelites stood on the brink of entering the promised land, God brought some incredible encouragement to Joshua. Joshua had just lost his, his friend, his mentor, his role model when Moses died. But Joshua wasn't alone. God was still with him. And God's purposes and promises would continue. Now, Joshua, he just needed to move forward. As he did that, he needed to trust in God and obey his word. And again, we need to do the same thing. So believers, remember this truth this week, regardless of what it is that you are facing. Remember the truth that we don't need to live in fear and defeat because God has given us all that we need for victory. So we don't need to live in fear and defeat. Once we recognize that truth, that's when we need to start moving forward and living for God. See, in God we find the strength and courage for our spiritual battles and for our daily trials. But we need to ask, do I really trust Him? Do I seek God out in His Word day and night? Do I lean on Him? Am I finding joy and rest in His presence? Does God feel far from me? He does, maybe we need to evaluate so I sin in my life. Am I ignoring truths in God's Word and the commands that He has given me? Am I ignoring what I know is His will in my life? For some of us, there are a lot of things we may need to evaluate this morning. As I close us in prayer, I'd encourage you to do that, believers. Evaluate where you are at with the Lord. Ask God to reveal those areas where maybe you are struggling to trust Him. And then give those things to the Lord. And trust Him day by day. If you're here and Jesus Christ is not your Savior, please understand that the Bible makes it very clear that whatever difficulty you are going through, you are not going through it with the Lord. Because if Jesus is not your Savior, please understand that the Bible says you're not a child of God. You're an enemy of God. See, the Bible says that our sin is separating us from God in this life. And if our sin is not taken care of, we'll be separated forever from God after this life in a place called hell. So, friend, if Jesus isn't your Savior, you should feel distant from God because God isn't with you. I know that sounds harsh, but we have to understand the harsh reality before we can understand the beautiful truth, which is that God desires to have a relationship with you. God wants you to be with him forever in heaven. And because of that, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth. And Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin, to take the wrath that we deserve. So that through faith in him we could be forgiven of all our sin. So we could be brought into a relationship with God that would never end. A relationship that starts here in this life and goes on forever after this life. And please know, if you have never made that decision to give your life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says in Romans 10-13 that whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And before you leave, we want to give you the opportunity to call on his name. Let's pray together. Friend, if that's true for you, if you know that Jesus Christ is not your Savior, please understand that God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to forgive you of all those sins that are separating you from Him. He wants to be a part of your life. The question is, will you give your life to God? If you're ready to do that, go to the Lord in prayer right now. Admit to Him that you are a sinner. But that you know Jesus died on the cross for you that you believe Jesus didn't stay in the grave but rose from the dead. And give Him your life. He'll forgive you of all your sins. He'll save your soul. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that if there is anyone joining us who has still not yet made that decision, I pray they'd be willing to come and talk to me as the service concludes. I pray that they would Continue to think about these things. I pray that they wouldn't leave until they make that decision to give their life to Jesus Christ. And Father, for those of us who have given our lives to Jesus, forgive us for those times when we ignore your word. When we're not walking with you. And then in the midst of all that, forgive us for those times when we start to blame you for our trials. For the temptations that we face. Because many times we forget that the strength and courage we need for all these things, you provide. When we don't have those things, it's because we're not relying on you, we're not walking with you. I pray that if that's where any of us are at, that you would open our eyes to those things. That if any of us needs to repent of anything, we would do that today. That we would draw near to you, remembering the truth that your word tells us. That if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. And Father, although at times as Christians, we may feel that distance. We do praise you that you never leave us. We'll always have a relationship with you. But when our sin puts that strain on the relationship, help us to quickly come back to your loving arms. We pray that you be glorified in all these things. We thank you for the strength and the courage that are always available to us through you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.